boom. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 139 of the PA Turner Pod. We are live still, as you can see on YouTube. So if you're listening to this on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to the audio version, you're missing out quality here on YouTube, as it's just me. No Rob in sight. Uh, he was questionable all week. That's why uh, he didn't show up for the Tuesday 10. He missed out on that one. And then this was a game-time decision on tonight. And then he was ruled out uh, due to personal reasons. But I believe he'll be doubtful or probable, excuse me, probable for uh, next week for the Tuesday 10 and the PHRM pod with me uh, next Thursday. So right now, Rob is good. He's just dealing with some personal problems and some technical difficulties. I think he's, uh, you know, strangling, strangling uh, Xfinity over the phone. Uh. Something like that. Um, if you know, you know. But his wife is fine. If you know, you know. But uh, yeah, Xfinity. Well, he lives in Northeast. Almost close to Ben Salem, and according to one of his buddies, uh, I think Zach, I think who said it, or Burkhart, one of the two, that they live in the worst part of Northeast where the internet is the shittiest of them all in all of the Northeast. They live in that part of Northeast Philadelphia. So, technical difficulties ruined him today, so he's strangling someone over the phone with Xfinity, and then obviously he has some personal issues he has to deal with as well. But again, Rob is fine. He'll be back. Um, so you have me, Solo Pod, here for episode 139. Uh, it's a pretty pretty good podcast going on. Pretty good podcast, Jesus. Pretty good episode we have lined up for today. Um, here's some news and notes we have. And then we have an NBA trade that happened in the past day or two. I'll dive into that in a little bit. Uh, Sixers defeated the Nuggets on Tuesday. MVP versus the MVP. Jokic versus Embiid. That'll go down in history. And I think Embiid is winning that battle by two games or so. But Jokic has the trump card in having an NBA championship. So that'll always be his trump card. So hopefully Embiid gets one uh, this year. We'll, I'll discuss that also. Uh, the guys from the NBA NBA on TNT, the Tuesday crew, discussed uh, the Sixers' possibility of getting a third uh, player or not. So I'll give you my take on that. Um, this one, if you had, I think on the Tuesday 10 or the, or this podcast, Rob had mentioned, if you had, if your 2024, uh, 2024 bingo card had Jews coming out of the tunnel in New York city and XYZ and UFOs in Miami, well, here's your chance of having McCarthy and Nick Sirianni both bowing out in embarrassing fashions in back-to-back games, respectively. Cowboys went down at home. They were undefeated all season, blowing teams out at home. And they lost in a blowout fashion, fa- fashion by the Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love. Now, the final score doesn't... You know, suggest it was a blowout. It's a lot of stat padding at the end for the Cowboys, you know, making it close. But uh, nevertheless, it was 40-something 40, 40 to 16 in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, it was a blowout. But McCarthy survives, and then Nick Sirianni, for six out of the last seven weeks, taking L after L after L 
both on and off the field. And then, I mean, I can only speak for myself. Uh, Rob can probably agree to this, maybe not, or a little bit of it, both. I think I was checked out mentally of the Eagles, and I expected a loss. I expected a, a complete loss on this one. And, oh wait, me one second here. Everything here on the podcast. Solo dolo here. I think we're good, I think we're good. I think we're good. Everything here, everything, everything. Okay, okay, good, we're good, we're good. Boom. Get this out of the way. What? Excuse me, folks. I'm trying to do three things at once here. Uh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Boom. And then, yeah, we'll do this. Bop. There we go. Finally. All right, never mind. Um, yeah, I think Rob would agree with that we were all checked out as Philadelphia Eagle fans. So when the inevitable happened, when they went down to Tampa, you think maybe maybe they can click. It can all click. I didn't see the game. I was at work. It was steady for me, so I didn't catch most of it. And then when I did see, it was like 24-3 at one point. And I was like, oh, goodness, of goodness. And then what angers me more is I see highlights, and as the days went on and on and on until almost now a week now, they ran the ball in the beginning. First down, good yardage, and they stopped altogether. And they went past happy. I saw a bubble screen, and I was like, all right. I think Kenneth Gainwell caught it. Like, oh, my God. What the fuck? The safety. Yeah. Disastrous. So I wasn't expecting Nick Sirianni to come back. I thought he was going to be fired the moment he gets on the plane in Philadelphia, lands in Philadelphia, gets fired the next day. No. It comes out that Sirianni is pretty much safe, and they're looking for both coordinators, offensive and defensive coordinator, from around the league in the free agency and inquiring teams that are still in the playoffs. So I would assume Ben Johnson of the Detroit Lions, Roman, uh, what was his name? I think his name's Roman. I think it's the South Jersey guy from the Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator, I believe. He's also in the mix. Um, I doubt, as much as Rob likes the idea of Mike Rabel, and so do I, pair him back with uh, A.J. Brown, get the most out of his players. When they're facing adversity, he can do it, right? When have you ever seen Jeffrey Lurie hire uh, a former established, former head coach, you know, like Brandon Staley, one and done type of thing, two two years, three years and done, or an established head coach like uh, Bill Belichick out there now, or Pete Carroll, but even though he's an advisor, whatever that means. When have you ever seen that? The last head coach he hired was Chip Kelly, and that was in the pros, and he was a never coached in the NFL, and that fell flat on his face. And we saw it, that Lori doesn't like to give power too much to the head coach. I mean, Andy had a little bit of it. Dougie wanted some of it. Kelly got it and, you know, pushed Howie basically in a closet. So then Howie's been cooking ever since. But, uh, yeah, it was expected loss. What was unexpected was a Sirianni return, so I'll touch on that a little bit later. I'll do I'll do the playoff picks for Saturday and Sunday, the divisional round, the TTP. Uh, Rob did not send me his picks. Everything here on the podcast. We'll have it on the Instagram, pa.turnpod on Instagram. Please follow. Um, subscribe on YouTube, too. You can uh, just search PA Turnpod or go on the link on Instagram, pa.turnpod. Go on the link, click the link, and you'll find our YouTube link there. Boom. Click it. Subscribe. And uh, click the bell, too, to be notified when we go live. We go live every Thursday. We try to, anyway. 
every Thursday night evening. And then, you know, it'll be posted on Friday. Um, what else? I'll touch on the Flyers. Yes, me. All alone here. Solo podcast for one episode 139. I'll be touching on the Flyers. That should be interesting. Probably do a little bit of rapid fire. And then a little Sigia at the end. So I'll try to do it. It's been well, I don't know. But I've been rambling for, what, 20, 10 minutes it feels like? We're live here. We're live here on the podcast. Um, yeah, 10 minutes ran, ranting. So without further ado, let's talk about the NBA trade that went down in it, I think it's a three-team trade, essentially. Essentially. So I just made it in a three-team, but it's really just two teams, and the third one just kind of had like a, a a pick that got thrown in there. So the big news, the Pacers and Raptors finally made the deal. It's been rumored for a few days now, and it became official, I believe, yesterday or today, Thursday. Uh, the Pacers have, have acquired all-star forward Pascal Siakam from the Toronto Raptors. Four. Guards Bruce Brown, Jordan Wara, three first round picks, and Kira Lewis. I believe one, if not two, of those names are from the Pelicans, who are also in this deal. The Pelicans just simply re- acquired a second round pick via the Pacers. So, again, Pacers have acquired Pascal Siakam from Toronto. Raptors have got Bruce Brown, Kira Lewis, and forward Jordan Wara, and three first round picks. That's a haul for Pascal Siakam. I didn't expect that big of a haul for Pascal, but when Halliburton went down with that injury, and you're, I think at the bottom of the division, I want to say, not the bottom of the division, excuse me, in the playoff seating, I think they're seventh or eighth in the playoff seating, and they were red hot. They made it to the uh, the in season tournament final. They bowed out to the Lakers, going that fake chip again. They have the bubble and they have the in uh, the in season tournament. So Lakers are good in the pretend bowls, but in the actual finals, uh, come out flat. Uh, next here, uh, we have Embiid versus Jokic. Let's go. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Baby. I, this one I missed as well. I fell asleep. I, I actually swapped out of my shift. I put money on this game. And then as I went... To get comfortable and watch, boom, passed out. Didn't wake up until 3 a.m. the next morning. All discombobulated. My fucking phone went off. Trying to get back to everyone messaging. Lo and behold, I donated again to FanDuel. But the Sixers did win, which is the more important uh, aspect here. They won 126 to 121. Again, this was Tuesday, so this is old news. Um, But this is the reigning MVP versus the other MVP. In Nikola Jokic, this head-to-head matchup, like I said in the top of the show, and beat in the head-to-head matchups is beating Jokic, but Jokic has the NBA title, right? And beat finished the game with 41 points, ladies and gentlemen, seven rebounds, so he cuts his 30 and 10 streak at end. He had 10 assists. He, you know, he pulled his inner Jokic there, gave 10 assists, almost a triple double, 12 of 15 from the free throw line, ladies and gentlemen. Nikola Jokic, 25 points, respectable. 19 boards. 10 of them, I think, were offensive. That's flagrant out there. And then three assists. Everyone else, uh, let's just name the the notable two from each squad. For the Nuggets, uh, Michael Porter Jr. ended up with 20 points, 4 of 8 from downtown. And then Jamal Murray, 17 points, 10 assists, too. So he got himself a double-double. Excuse me. And then for the Sixers, the good guys, the boys, 
Maxi, another 25, 20 plus point performance. I think he's on ten, six or ten, six or seven. I was going to say ten. I think six or seven straight games with twenty plus points or more in a game. He he ends up with twenty five points, five rebounds, nine assists, almost had a double double, four of nine from downtown. And then I have it here, Crumble, Mr. Tobias Harris. Man, what a love hate relationship uh, Philly fans, Sixers fans, excuse me, uh, have with this man. Of late, since Embiid was out for that stretch period, that period of stretch of time, and then since Embiid's return, Tobias Harris has been giving us some steady numbers. He ends up with 24 points, eight of 10 from the from the from the field, six of six from the line. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Now the bench, still a problem for the Sixers, so we might have to address that somehow. Nuggets outscored the bench for the Sixers, 30 to 17. Yet we got the five point difference in the game, 126-121. Now here's the question. I would love to to hear Rob's take. Maybe he'll have his take on the Tuesday 10. You can listen to this on the on the network here, the PA Turnpod, same place where you are listening and watching me in all my glory. I know, I know, I know. And listen to my sultry voice on Tuesdays. Rob has his own little, you know, podcast called the Tuesday Ten, where he lists ten sports topics or just pop culture topics, a mix of both, that he wants to cover that we can't really get to on a Thursday because of either becomes a little old or stale, or just because we have so much information and because of our schedules as well don't align around this season of the year. He has his own on Tuesdays, and then Thursdays we and him go back together. Anyways. I would love to hear his take on this because I saw a little bit of the clip of the NBA on TNT guys, the Tuesday crew, where it's um, Lefko, Candace Parker, uh, Jamal Crawford, and the big Aristotle, the Diesel, Shaquille O'Neal. And it was interesting. They were talking about trade deadlines come is almost upon us. Sixers moved Harden. They got some money, enough money. To make some moves to sign a big name to get your third star, your big three. Sixers with Nick Nurse have been rolling. Rolling. It's been beautiful. A breath of fresh air. And Bede's playing happy. Maxi's looks like he's just elevating his game. Tobias Harris looks finally. We're January now, but he finally feels comfortable and he's playing his old self. Almost his Clippers ways before we got him, the Clippers. Pat Bev has been a breath of fresh air off the bench as a role model as well for Maxi. Bebo Paul's getting a lot of minutes. Jordan Springer as well. Morris, Batum, you name it. The whole squad that they got for Harden as well has been performing. Cork Mons, unfortunately. What can you do? Just ask for another trade and see if you get some playing time and actually score. Um, so I have four bulletin points here from each of the, the panels. Shaq kicks it off with saying that he feels that the Sixers are ready to compete and be in the finals and win it possibly this year. Because their third option that everyone's you know, clamoring to see who they're going to make moves for with Daryl Morey is already there in Tobias Harris. If Tobias Harris keeps playing the way he's been playing lately this season, scoring 24 points uh, on Tuesday, if he can keep this up throughout the season and in the postseason, that and then some, the Sixers are in sync right now. They're good. They got their third man. You don't need another star who has to like sacrifice, play different from his offense or his style to fit in. This team is in sync. Chemistry is off the charts. Momentum's on their side. And I am on board with Shaquille O'Neal. And Rob has said this for about a year. 
has fell on deaf ears. I think the new wave is you get two stars, build pieces around them, the bench, and of of course on uh, on the court, just shooters, baby. This is the first time Embiid's had shooters around that he can kick it out and shoot. I mean, he had it with Simmons, but then Simmons would clog the lane because he's unwilling to shoot. So basically, Shaq said. Your third option is already there in Tobias Harris. And beats the one. Two is Maxi. Three is Tobias Harris. And everybody else knows their role. You are role players on the court, which is basically, I believe it's Morris and Batum, the other two. And then, you know, everyone else on the bench. Know your role. Lefko, a known Philly guy from Philly, he feels that they're in position with the money that they have with the Harden deal that they should look into bringing a third star. But he also agrees with Shaq that if Tobias Harris keeps playing the way he is, yeah, they have a chance. But historically, that's not that hasn't been the case in that entire length of that contract that he has that is finally off the books after this year. But he did give kudos and brought up a good point that Nick Nurse's arrival has changed everyone's playing style and it's been elevated. He's getting the most out of these guys. Can Spark, on the other hand disagrees with Shaq and they say they're still one piece away and she's been adamant saying that the when the playoffs come the game plan is going to be much much tighter they're going to focus heavily on Embiid and Maxi, double maybe even triple teaming one if not both those guys somehow and now you're left with Tobias Harris uh, the Morris and Batum to kind of beat you and then the bench whoever comes in to sub to beat you to carry the load while those guys are like being covered that is that is scary though. That is scary because I don't trust the tumor Morris to really knock down shots consistently and take over a game on an ISO. No sir, no sir, no sir, no sir. But she really wants them to bring in a superstar as a third piece to this team. Maybe you have to deal to Tobias Harris in her mind. She didn't really mention dealing Tobias, but she's basically saying. You're going to need a third star that can knock down shots and defend. And then she added that she loves Pat Bev. However, you might have to look into getting a backup point guard for Maxi, Or at least the shooting guard position. And Melton, the other one. That's who I forgot. Melton, Melton, Melton. Good point, right? Crawford kind of doubled down on that as well. They also need one more piece because the Sixers just put basically 90 points. What it was, 40 Close to close to 90 points with Embiid's 41, Maxi's 25, and uh, Tobias is 24, and they barely beat the Nuggets. So, yeah, Jamal has a good point. They barely beat the Nuggets. That won't be enough in the playoffs, basically, was his stance. I'm curious to hear what Rob wants to uh, – what Rob's thoughts are. And you as well, if you're watching or you know listening to this, let us know at the PA Turnpod. DM us. Comment under the title graph in the pictures in the comment section of this uh, episode and tell us what do you think do you think the Sixers are a piece away or do you think that a one superstar piece away or several pieces to surround Embiid, Maxi, and Harris to kind of elevate this team to the next level because the, the panel besides Shaq has said this team is not going to be Boston and this team's not going to beat Milwaukee even though I think they did Already this season, so I mean the teams are different. This team and 
let's 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 be real. That very first game of the season, the Sixers should have won that game against Milwaukee, but the refs kind of wanted Milwaukee to win. You know, it's a big story, and the Sixers went on a run, undefeated. So, just saying, just saying. But it's very interesting. I agree with Shaq again that you already have a star there. I think this team's ready to go. I would take this team against last year's team, and they would sweep them. The way I saw James Harden finish off, nah, I'm good. I'm a goose. I'm good. I'm good, baby. Embiid this year would smash Embiid last last season, and he won the MVP last year. That's just saying. Just saying. Now, on to specifically the Eagles. I already touched McCarthy at the very beginning. Somehow, them boys got the division undefeated at home. You had Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers in the wild card, and you folded like a cheap tent. Fold it again. And I think everyone, just like me, was checking Twitter or Instagram for Stephen A. Smith. His updates. Because, man, he was, you knew he was cooking. You knew he was dialing it up. And this man must be stopped. And he went off on first take the following day on Monday. Just wait. The Cowboys don't disappoint. Man, they folded like a cheap tent. So McCarthy somehow is back, and he, I think he believes. I believe he said, "quote Buy into us," end quote for this for this upcoming season. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. We'll see what happens with Quinn, that defensive coordinator. He might look for a head coaching job now. I'm curious to see what happens there. What a troll! What a troll move! If the Eagles let go of, of Sean Desai, the Cowboys picked him up. Hmm. Who's to blame? Who's to blame? So we'll go on to the birds. Cut that bullshit off! That's more like it. The fuck? No, 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 no. no, no. That was... <clears throat> they don't deserve that. They're, they're called the Philadelphia football team for right now. Six out of seven. Now seven out of eight weeks. You fumbled. You lost. You lost. This was the easiest road to the NFC Championship and possibly the Super Bowl. You had to go through Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, and Brock Purdy, or Jordan Love. What? Huh? Get the fuck out of here. You kidding me? And this thief, bro, the Bucks, with their season on the line in week 18 of the NFL season, or week 17, the final game of the season, whatever that was, I think they were on the road in Carolina. Win and you're in. Win and you're in. And, of course, help with a uh, Falcons loss, and they got beat down by the Saints, I believe. The Carolina Panthers, one win, two wins in the season. One or two wins. They only scored nine points. Three field goals, ladies and gentlemen. They couldn't move the ball against that defense. Are you kidding me? And that offense. What? What? I mean, the defense showed up, shutting out Carolina, but that's Carolina. No head coach, really. It's a dysfunctional organization right now. 
one week later. They look like world beaters. They look like a 12-6 and six team. Huh? What? They starched you from the first to the fourth quarter. Baker Mayfield turned the clock back like he was his rookie year in Cleveland. Having fun, got his swag back. Man was cooking y'all. Cooking y'all. Are you kidding me? And then this inept offense of the Eagles just couldn't move the ball. What? This team scored nine points last week. And they were putting the beating on you. And only you did was score nine points yourselves. The entire game. And you went for two on the tush push. And guess what? You failed. Now granted, looking back at it, it was. One of the defense players was basically grabbing Jalen Hurst's helmet and neck and twisting it away from the goal line, getting on call. But that's expected because the NFL wants that play out of the league. So they'll just turn a blind eye. Turn a blind eye. Turn a blind eye to the play. Nevertheless, that right there encapsulated the season and how the game was going to go for the Eagles. They couldn't even get the touch push right, and that was their bread and butter, their one guaranteed play in the entire offensive playbook. They couldn't even get that right. Are you kidding me? I would have just tried to get to the, to the, what, I don't know, the 37-yard line. Whatever it is, a 55-yard kick, and just say, fuck it. Jake Elliott, win us this game. Just kick it every time. Because this offense can't do shit right now. Are you kidding me? I digress, though. I digress. Sirianni surviving. Let's get back to the topic at hand. I think Sirianni surviving. Uh, Rob posted in the document, in the doc that we share, how, right? I'll tell you how. The pandering worked, ladies and gentlemen. That pandering, the being on his knees, allegedly, allegedly, that's me, uh, willing to take the blame also at the podium, you know, Get all the nails, the knives thrown at him to protect Lori and um, Howie Roseman. These guys are control freaks. They hired a guy that they can control. So if anything were to go wrong, blame might, blame isn't on them. They did their job. Owner shelled out the money. GM, you know, got the players, the personnel, whatever. Head coach is the one that has control of making it work. When he doesn't work, he has to take the bullet for it, right? That's just my opinion. So the pandering, you know, oh, I love Philadelphia. Da, da, da. He's a scumbag. If he wasn't on my, if he was fired and was the coordinator for the Chargers or something or the Denver Broncos, he'd be a scumbag. I remember him from winning us the Super Bowl. That's about it. Or getting us to the Super Bowl, excuse me. We thought Sirianni was going to get fired. The man is still hired, and not only that, According to Adam Schefter, I believe, Roseman, Laurie, and Sirianna are currently looking at coordinators around the NFL, including teams that are still in the playoffs, moving forward. What? Jesus Christ. And then another one, speaking of Adam Schefter, that scumbag, did it again, comes out because he wants, he wants to be first, right? That's how it is in the business and media, because you want to be first to get the info out. Basically said, from a second or third part, never confirmed or anything, that Jason Kelsey is going to step away, told his teammates, 
he, this was his last season. He's done. Well, on the podcast, <laughs> that following Tuesday, I believe, Kelsey basically said, uh, I want to do it on my terms. I'll let you know. It's going to be a definite retirement. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too soon to make a decision after a game. If I was Jason Kelsey, I would do a Tom Brady. I tell Kylie, I know I told you this was <laughs> I was done, but I got to go out on my own terms. And speaking of that, Brandon Graham, he wants to come back for a farewell tour. Why not have them both go out at the same time? Fletcher Cox, he cleared out his locker. He was done with it. And kudos to Fletcher Cox. The media in Philadelphia is already as harsh as it is, right? And all this talk was what went wrong and do you think Sirianni's going to get fired? Basically alluding and wanting to get a soundbite from one of the players. And he basically said, I don't know what you're talking about, man. He's the head coach of this football team. Got it with that. You're a clown, bro. Get out of my face. Great line. Great great move. Respect to Fletcher Cox right there. Respect, respect, respect. Um, Brian Johnson, he's now interviewed for the Falcons head coaching position on Thursday. I believe that's his third team. I forgot the – I think it was the Titans. I forgot the other. I think it was the Titans. Titans is some other team that also inquired for Brian Johnson for an interview. Could be that rule where you got to, you know – Unfortunately, go through the process of hire, of interviewing a um, African American or a person of color. But I, I think Brian Johnson could be a good offensive coordinator. It's just the pressure in Philadelphia. You're just coming off a Super Bowl appearance. Expectation is to get back and now win it. You've seen what Sean, uh, Steichen's doing out in Indy. He was a catch away from possibly getting into the playoffs, but then a drop happened, and it got in. The Houston Texans came in, and not only that, they starched, starched the Cleveland Browns and uh, Joe Flacco's run, Cinderella run. I wonder where Joe Flacco goes, because Deshaun Watson has that guaranteed player-friendly contract where he has no opt-out, and he's there making a lot of money. So curious to see who makes a phone call, like, oh, is Flacco available? What you want for him? Probably nothing, nothing too crazy. Unless Flacco always wants to re- retire, but I think he wants to play. He wants to be a starter. Nevertheless, Brian Johnson could probably be a good head coach somewhere else. Or just even a not good coach. Head coach is just mind-boggling. I think offensive coordinator or quarterback coach, do your bread and butter. Head coach? Head coach? We'll see. Carolina was the other team. Carolina and I think the Titans. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. All right, let's do a little bit of rapid fire. I know I said it for 30 minutes. It'll probably been an hour now. Um, rapid fire on the coaches. I would like to see Rob's take on this, of course. This is you know meant for both of us, but rapid fire. Stay, resign, or see ya. So let's do it. Nick Sirianni for me. Brian Johnson. Pensaboy. Sean Asai. Actually. And then that. All right, now for the players. Got that out of the way. Fight them all, honestly. To me, personally. They all, like, flush them. Get me water down. Active contracts. Excuse me. Active contracts. Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah! 
Josh Sweat, keep him. Hassan Reddick, keep him, please. Having him drop back in coverage is fucking asinine. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't fucking believe it every time. Big play slay. Shut your goddamn mouth, you Twitter fingers. Just make a play. Just be healthy. I like you. He's a free agent in 2026. I keep him, but if you can get a deal and probably have the, the young guns step up in corner and maybe pick one in, in the free agency, in a trade, or in the draft, sure, you need that. You need to build your defense. But for now, Slay stays. Vontae Maddox, man, he gets injured every time. I like him. Stay. James Bradbury. James Bradbury. It shouldn't be a question. James cooked Bradbury. Gone. Kevin Byard, I don't mind him. It is what it is. He came in middle of the season, something like that, whatever. Reed Blankenship, he got hurt towards the end of the season. I like him, but we definitely need to level up on the uh, defense. Corners and safeties, for sure. Now the free agents. Marcus Maria, I did like him, but we saw Joe Flacco. I wouldn't mind. I'm telling you, bro. I wouldn't mind Carson Wentz. Just saying. Now, he would be... Wouldn't it be apropos? Wouldn't it be fitting? Wouldn't it become full circle that here comes Wentz coming as a backup to take? I mean, Jalen Hurts' contract should should warrant that he's the quarterback for this team, right? But if his play continues to be shitty, and he becomes that 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 stoic, it's a learning experience. We gotta learn, take this and learn from it. After, after when you're losing six out of seven, I think your your learning capacity should be done. Put it into effect and execute, boys. The fuck? Wouldn't be a pro that Wentz takes over as a starter. The way he went out is the way he came in. The way he comes in is the way he came out. The backup taking over the, as a starter. It writes itself. Anarchy in Philadelphia, that would happen. Is my Wentz shirt? Oh, no, I put a brown. And brown has his number, too, which is crazier. DeAndre Swift, please resign him. Sign him, please, for the love of God. The Giant Killer, please, Boston Scott, sign him. Rashad Penny, I hate to say it, you did nothing for me. They didn't use you. Please, Jason Kelsey, if you don't retire, obviously come back. Uh, Jack Driscoll, sure. Asoa Opeta, sure. You, the offensive line needs to be there because from time to time, Lane Johnson will probably miss some games. Kelsey could have been gone. You would have had to put in uh, Jurgens, I believe. Camp Jurgens would have been in the center spot. Uh, but yeah, keep the keep the guards, keep keep the offensive line. Olivier Zacchaeus, Quez Watkins, Julio Jones, maybe a two year with an opt out after the second year. Keep him. Fletcher Cox, one year, but the money has to be right. If not. Jordan Davis, you better fucking get into shape, buddy. And Carter, get into shape as well. You're gonna be this. You're basically the future. You're it. You got to take over as the every down uh, defensive tackler. BG, Brandon Graham, of course, come back, please. Zach Cunningham, I'll do one more year, maybe a two-year contract with a, with a team out. Shaq Leonard, 
if he wants to be here. He looked like he had to reevaluate. He looked like he didn't want to be here. It was a sour group. So I would like Shaq Leonard, but he's not who he used to be in Indy. So I would say no if you want to go younger. Nick Morrow, God. Maybe. Maybe. I, can't, I don't know. Bradley Roby, sure. Braden Mann. Give me the guy from Buffalo, the the, the rookie kicker who was uh, exonerated. What the fuck? Give him back in there. All right. Let's do the playoff picks. Oh, yeah. I can't really do these with Rob because for some reason the auto doesn't work. So it only works in the solo fashion. So, Saturday, 4.30 p.m. AFC matchup. The Baltimore Ravens hosting the Houston Texans. Baltimore, at the time of recording, minus 9, even, at 43.5. Let me write these down. So, my score is here. It's live on YouTube, by the way. Fuck it, man. Let's go with it. Give me Texans. Give me Texans and... Yeah, give me Texans. Here's a note, though. The Ravens added running back Dalvin Cook to the roster, and they waived Melvin Gordon. Can you believe that? I'm trying to lower this as much as I can. So See, hopefully you can hear me. Hopefully you can hear me. Uh, in the Saturday night game, Green Bay at San Francisco, which is basically a 5.30 afternoon game in in the West Coast. San Fran, minus 9.5. Over under 15.5. I'm telling you, bro. Give me Green Bay. Give me Green Bay. You acting softly like you, you haven't lost. Brother, I've seen you lose some games that you shouldn't have lost. Green Bay Packers and, and Jordan Love have been slept on. Got into the playoffs, and they're going for it. They're going for it. It's going to be close, though. It's not going to be a blowout. not going to be like Dallas. I mean, they already went to Dallas, undefeated Dallas, and put a beating on that defense. So I think they're going to be good. And come on. Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy? Get the fuck out of here. Give me Green Bay. All right, for Sunday, 3 o'clock game. Buccaneers. I can't believe it. Could have been the Eagles. The Bucks at the Lions. Lions minus 6.5. Over under 48 and a half. Give me lines, baby. They're rolling. They're rolling. They're rolling. They're rolling. They're rolling. That could be a shootout game. Put money on the over. Put money. 48 and a half. Put the money on the over. Kneecaps will be shattered on this game. And then the last one. The marquee matchup. If it plays on Sunday. Because of the snow. If it plays. It's a 6.30 game. Not an 8.30. It's a 6.30 game. Chiefs at Bills. Buffalo favored minus three over under 45 and a half. Can this, and this is Mahomes' first time, I believe his first time in his career in the in the playoffs that he's playing on the road. That writes itself. Bills time and time again get beaten down by either the Bengals or the Chiefs. Excuse me. They, they they fight a good fight. 
they get close, and then a miracle happens for Mahomes with 13 seconds left. It wins the game for them, right? Now they're at home. The frozen tundra 2.0 in Buffalo. They got a running game. They got an offensive coordinator that might be getting a lot of calls for head coaching job or offensive coordinator job. Hell, I would make a call. Josh Allen stepping back in the rushing game. Be more game manager-esque. Chiefs aren't who, who Chiefs aren't shit. They had to go and play a Dolphins team in Arrowhead. Dolphins team. And it comes to that. And Tua sucks. He's undefeated. He's winless. A goose egg in the cold weathers. That was a layup. No one expected Miami except for me to win that game. With all that being said, Chiefs. Give me Bills. As much as I hate to say, hate to say it, hate to say it, but it'd be good. It's about basically the end is near for Kansas City and maybe Andy Reid, because they they've been accustomed to winning. So this could be it for Andy Reid. Not you know fired after this season, but people are gonna be turning on him pretty soon. And which and with Travis Kelsey has to come out and constantly say he's not gonna retire. And then the news that he's going to get married with Taylor Swift. He's thinking about things after football. He has a successful podcast with his brother who's about to retire. That might make him retire as well. Still, no enemy. You don't have a wide receiver that you can trust. Rice has been great, the rookie. But he's a rookie still. Let's see if he can have a legacy game on the road in Buffalo. But the Bills... Man, they were from, they were in the depths of hell when they lost to us in overtime here in Philadelphia. After that game, they've been rolling. Give me Buffalo. So, to recap, Texans over the Ravens, Packers over the 49ers, Lions over the Bucks, and the Bills finally beat their rival. And this is basically their Super Bowl in beating Patrick Mahomes. So that will lead Texans at... Bills. Yikes. That should be a nice uh, jersey matchup. Basically the same colors. And then Green Bay. NFC North matchup. At Lions. Winner goes to the Super Bowl. CJ Stroud. Josh Allen. Jordan Love. Or Jerry Goff. What? What? Couldn't believe it. Alright, the TTPs. My lock. Give me Green Bay. as my lock. Green Bay's my lock. Texans are my dogs. Over 48 and a half in the Bucks Lions game. And then minus three. It could be minus three is crazy. Sure, minus three for the Bills. Sure. So, again, to finally recap this playoff pick, Texans, Packers, Lions, Bills. Packers are my lock. Texans are my dogs. Bills minus three. And then over 48.5 for Bucks and Lions game. Now, we go into the final segment of the show, the Flyers, baby. I have not really much, you know... This is more Rob's forte a little bit. But the Flyers are riding on a four-game win streak. Coming off, fresh off, a three 
game road trip in a sweep, obviously because it's for you know four game win streak. Now to host a murderer's row of games at home starting tonight, Thursday night in Philly against the Dallas Stars playoff team, Colorado Avs playoff team on Saturday, Ottawa Centers. I don't really know, but Canada, so I guess right on Sunday. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning, Tuesday night. Dare I say, eight in a row by uh, Rob's Tuesday 10. Eight in a row? Eight in a row? Uh, let's see. Hmm. Well, let's check right now, see if the game started. So I can give you a live feed on that one. I would, I would love nothing more than eight. They sweep. What is this? I'm say, trying to see if anything with a break. Usually, I think news breaks as soon as the podcast is done and over with. Um, everything here on the podcast. Everything, everything, everything. Can't find it. I think ESPN just doesn't like hockey. All right, the boys, baby, Flyers up two nothing on the Stars. Eight less than eight minutes in the second intermission or second quarter, whatever you call it, second period. Jesus, I'm I'm trying. Look, I have a Flyers hat. See the logo? See the logo? I'm trying. I'm trying, players. And I will try to be there February 17th at the Stadium Series game. Devils hosting the Flyers. I'll try to be there right up the turnpike for me. Um, and hope to see you guys there. So rapid fire. Tonight's a dub. Colorado, dub. Ottawa Senators, a dub. Lightning will be the tough one. I think it's an overtime win. Tuesday night, so the Flyers by Tuesday, by Rob's Tuesday 10, there will be an eight-game win streak for the Bur- for the Flyers before they go on the road. Um, what? what was the game? They don't go on the road for one game before they come back, too. But we'll touch that next week. Um, and that's it. That's been the podcast, episode 139 of the PA Term Pod. Um, Rob will be back Tuesday for the Tuesday 10 and Thursday for the PA Turn Pod. Uh, until then, again, Instagram, pa.turnpod on Instagram. Click the link if you're, if you're, you know, listening to me or us on Tuesday or Thursdays when the podcasts are out or recording, actually. If you want to, you know, watch us on YouTube, click the link on the Instagram and subscribe and hit the uh, bell notification to get alerted when I go live or when we go live. Uh, next week. But this has been uh, episode 139 of the PA Turnpod. Have a great weekend and go Flyers! Yeah!